Hello and welcome to another episode of the Single Girls Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s, 30s and 40s. Now I'm going to say it straight away, those of you that are listening but aren't watching won't be able to see this, but I am in a different location and that's because I am currently at Wonderland House in Brighton ahead of the New Year's Eve getaway. I'm currently in the dining hall. I'm sat in the Grand Mad Hatter's chair and the girls are all just making their way over to the New Year's Eve getaway. Now, by the time you are listening to this, the New Year's Eve getaway will have been over. And I'm hoping, based on just how wonderful this venue is, how all of the plans have gone and how it's all started to come together, that it will have been a weekend to remember. And that is something that we are going to be doing again next New Year's year's eve now if you're listening to this at the time of this episode going out then you will see some exclusive offers that are happening right now including a extremely extended payment plan i realized that the cost of living makes getting money together for something like this a little bit of a challenge so i've come up with a super extended payment plan that means that you're going to chip away at that cost if you want to join us next new year's eve so that you don't have to spend new year's eve on your own. It's going to look pretty similar to this year with some enhancements. That's what always happens when you have an event take place for the first time. But expect fun, expect Alice in Wonderland, loosely themed activities. It's there in celebration of the new year, making sure you've got something to do so that you have got something to look forward to and hopefully helping some of you pay for it. There are a couple of payment options. Whatever time you're happening to listen to this podcast at, there will be a link in the description so that you can access whatever payment plan, whatever rooms are available at that time. But there are only 16 residential spaces available. So make sure you get in there early and get that first payment done so that that is your room. Now, I will begin with the episode in just a moment. But just a disclaimer, we are on a street. You might hear some background noises that aren't usually there. I will do my best to eliminate some of that. But I wanted to use the fantastic element of this venue and kind of overall the fact that we might get some background noise for that. Also a bit windy, so who knows, the windows might squeal a little bit halfway through. But this year we are kicking off the episode with a question that I have thought about a number of times during my single life. And somebody actually asked me this also on TikTok. I don't think I ever got back to them because it's one of these that you have to sit and think about a few times. It's the thing that drives the fear in you when you're single And it's interesting to then explore that fear. The question that I'm talking about today is, and the question I'm talking about today is, are you okay with being alone forever? Now, instantly, that question might send chills down your spine and set your anxiety erasing with your heart going a million miles per hour because fear is coming up for you. The idea that you might not be with someone again until the end of time is one of the scariest and most daunting things about being single. If that is something that you care about in life, if connection, if relationships of all kinds matter to you. So when we're trying to lean into this single embracement, people can read it that we only ever want to be alone and that We don't hope for the opportunity to be in a relationship. The point is that even though I thoroughly enjoyed my single life, it wasn't that I wanted to be in one particular state or another. There were times when I completely rejected the idea of dating. So therefore, I was probably showing off the opportunity unless it came about for a relationship. 
but they both come with costs. Whether you are single or in a relationship, there is no better state of the two. Some research suggests that women don't really benefit from marriage, at least when they look at it in those terms. It's men that heavily benefit from that. Their health is improved because someone's getting on them to go to the doctors when they are just a little bit ill. There's a little bit more pedanticness to it. And there is more of a cost. That doesn't mean that people still don't want to do it. That doesn't mean that it's not right to do it. But there are trade-offs that come with each scenario. And so in single life, we trade off having one significant person that you've just got a very good best friend, which not all of us do. Many of us have many very good friends, but that true element of that bestie that would drop everything for you. That's almost the role that a relationship person fills. And that's dangerous if we just rely on one person. We want to have a couple of people to be able to go to. That network of support that I talk about in the Single Life Confidence Program. It's not just a case of relying on one person, though so many of us do it with the relationship part. But once you're in a relationship, yes, you might eventually have someone to come home to. I'm in the phase of a relationship where we are very much still living apart and don't have that intention for a long while, give it a few years, because I've still got a mortgage that I want to pay off and do. But I still have that person to talk to. So I now have the privilege of choosing to some degree when I spend time alone, when I interact with that person, I have the option. Yet when you're single, you don't necessarily have that as an option. And that feels harder. But at the same time, the person that is single particularly child-free, has a lot more freedom than, say, someone in a relationship, full stop, just because there's someone... I remember the first time, having now been seeing someone for five months, the first time something came up and I needed to change the plans that I already have with that person. And I remember thinking, I never had to do this when I was single. I could just say yes or no. I mean, ultimately, if I was trying to change plans with anyone, that would be fine. But I'm talking about this was like a, a weekly routine that we had to see each other. I was changing that for some reason or I had we maybe we had a video call in it might have even been that so it wasn't even an in-person thing but it was just that idea that normally my schedule isn't so busy because there isn't that person there and then I had to I didn't check it was being polite that's what I wanted to do and I was going to speak to that person anyway it didn't want them to feel devalued though but when you're single, you just go about it. Then when children come in the mix, whether single or not, obviously children just add another layer. So there's no better state to be in. But if you are single and you are okay with being single and you're not really interested in dating at all and relationships, I also want to bring attention the idea of, are you okay being alone forever? There's two sides to it. Either you are okay with that idea or the reality of that makes you feel a little bit sick inside. It makes your tummy go. It's okay to be like that. Forever is starting to think all or nothing thinking. We're going to the very extreme of never, ever having some sort of close, intimate relationship with anybody else in the next 50, 60, 70 years, depending on your age. Now, to counter that, if I told you that next week you were going to have a three-month relationship with someone and that was going to be it until you died, whenever that happened to be, you also wouldn't be happy with that scenario, likely anyway, because it isn't about forever. I mean, I've debunked it. I've, I've told you you're going to be with someone for three months, so you're not going to be alone forever. You've got three months in the next 50 years that you're not going to be alone. You're not going to be out of a relationship. But that doesn't solve the problem, does it, right? Because it isn't about being single forever. 
It's about being single for extended periods of time and not having control or choice about it. And it's then what we read into that. It's then reading into what it means about ourselves. So if I'm not with someone in the next 10 years even, does it mean that I'm not as good as the people around me? Does it mean that I'm not worth something and nobody wants to be with me? It's all of these questions that start to dig at us. The thoughts that we have create the narrative around what we're telling ourselves. When in actual fact, what's to say that's true? That's how we start to debunk this stuff, is to start questioning your own thoughts, the meanings you put behind things, and you start to break them down. And this is where affirmations are actually really powerful. Affirmations are not useful for just standing in front of a mirror and spouting them out. It is acknowledging what the problematic belief is in your mind, the thought that comes up that makes you worry, which is, oh my God, I don't have a boyfriend. Oh my God, I'm going to be alone forever. What does that mean about me? It means I'm not good. I'm worthless. Why am I like this? And it starts to spiral in your own particular way. And if it doesn't match what I just said, then adapt it for your own. But then what you try to do is find absolutely any counter argument to any of those spiraling thoughts you have. Now, in the case of relationships, one of the ones that I used to use, and you can use it as an affirmation or you can just use it to undo what you're thinking, which is, I just haven't met someone that's right for me yet. I just haven't found the right kind of person yet. And I actually followed that kind of route for where are those people? Where are the people that are going to think like me? What am I really looking for? I mean, it started to become more of an exploration of working out my non-negotiables and what I was really looking for and what I wasn't now going to be wasting time on if it didn't fit into those categories. If it goes further than that, though, and you're starting to look at self-worth, self-esteem and self-confidence, then you've got to start looking at yourself and coming up with ways to build yourself up. Well, no, hang on a second. But I am this and I am that. And I show up this way for my friends. And if I were in a relationship, this is how I'd show up. So no, it doesn't mean I'm not any good. Maybe people can't see that I'm that good and that's their problem, not mine. And that's where those affirmations come in. I am confident. I am smart. I am emotionally intelligent. I am growing. I am developing. I am making changes. So you've got the ones that state what you are and then state what you are doing. And that's how you build some of your inner confidence to overcoming the idea of being alone forever. I cannot guarantee that all of you will get into a relationship at some point. But there's a long time to get through where that potential could happen, where that is a possibility. I'd like to think that each of you will get the experiences that you're looking for. And that doesn't necessarily mean a relationship. Some of you want to be single because the tie of it, the energy of it, the effort. For me, when I actively started to date again, it was all about finding somebody that I would be able to grow with. And I mean grow. I, and I don't mean just ticking off boxes. I mean developing and getting better and learning how to do relationships. I felt like I had passed the test and now I wanted to drive the car. Except with a car, you drive it on your own. In this case, I needed a driving buddy. I realised for me that relationships were going to unlock another level of personal development that I don't believe you can do without someone else. I heard this on a podcast. 
It was on Modern Wisdom, Chris Williamson's podcast, and he was talking to a Dr. Jonathan Shedler, I think is how you say his name. I'll put it in the description. And he was talking about this. He was talking about how there is actually a layer that you can't get to on your own. And the therapy relationship, the relationship her client has with their therapist, can emulate the same thing if you get to that deep sense of sharing. Now, I've been to therapy a few times and I haven't done it in that sense. I've done it in the sense of help me get through this situation as opposed to using it as a way to deepen that. But so that's what relationships were for me. And that meant that if I was going to start actively dating, I needed to be ready to start doing that work because I knew that dating was going to uncover layers and relationships in particular. It was going to uncover layers that needed to be triggered. Having that anxious attachment style. But I had to succumb to the fact that I could not magic this person into my life and that not being able to come across someone with ease was not equatable to anything about my worth because I had other things in my life. I had the jobs I was doing, the business I was running, the clients that I have to serve, even with supply teaching, the pupils that I turn up and teach to and making sure that I'm there for them. It isn't all just about my relationship status. My relationship status almost doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make a difference to how I show up here. It doesn't make a difference to how I show up as a teacher. It doesn't make a difference to how I show up in business. It's neither here nor there. And it could be taken away at any moment, whether somebody ends the relationship, whether something tragic happens. There's no guarantee that just because I'm in a relationship now means I will be in a relationship forever. And so being alone forever was something I thought about. And it is scary. But the ways I dealt with it were to debunk the thoughts around it, to make sure I had other things going on in my life, to realise that it didn't matter here nor there. And even if I did get in a relationship, that it wouldn't necessarily mean that I was guaranteed to not be alone again. And then there's the idea that, but what if? What if that is really true? Rather than feeling fear, I suppose one way to look at it is sadness. In this life, we can't have all of the experiences. Not everybody can have all the experiences, whether that's through practical means, like not meeting someone and therefore not being able to get married or have children. And even if you do find someone, sometimes there are reasons that you can't give birth to a child. And so you have to go down other routes. But you missed out on that experience of giving birth. And then there are finances some people in this life don't get to do things that I have done like setting up a business because they live day by day week by week paycheck to paycheck there is no room for taking a risk and setting up a business especially if they've got other things going on and it's understanding that sometimes life is not going to be the way that we thought it was the things that we hoped we'd be able to do might actually get taken from us and that is horrid the reality of that is hard And I felt that, I feel that in my single parts because I have such a deep craving for connections with people. And it was always where the idea around how can I connect with people in other ways that aren't just romantic. So I put myself in situations where I'm around like-minded people that I can connect with deeply, that I can talk to about the topics I'm interested in, like business, like marketing, like personal development and growth. So I go to events myself that fulfill that in a different way. So I go to other places that I know there are people working in similar ways to fulfill that. And it comes back to that idea of making sure that you've got lots and lots of other things going on. 
Being alone can scare us. Being alone can make us feel that it shouldn't be that way. And it can feel unfair. I'm hopeful for every single person out there, though, because things like this give us the motivation to go out there and make things happen. And as I've already said, you can't guarantee that it's going to happen in dating. You can't make sure that you meet someone. But you can create those opportunities. You can make sure that your standards are the right standards, that they aren't superficial and that they're actually going to benefit you. And you can make sure that you make sure there's a balance in your life of spending time on dating, not getting yourself into situations that are going to make you worse emotionally, that are going to create internal damage, that make you think worse about yourself because you end up in a situation every single time. It's about having boundaries with yourself in dating. Some of that's what pushes you into this bit. But some of us start to work with that idea of being alone. It's something you have to succumb to. That doesn't mean you can't mourn it. That doesn't mean you can't get upset about it. It doesn't mean that you won't complain from time to time. You're allowed to. It's a valid complaint to have because we're wired to want connection to other people and society, culture, you, value, having that deep, intimate connection with someone, and rightly so. Like You can't change your relationship status unless you compromise on loads of other things. And then you won't be having that deep emotional connection because you will have just said yes to anything. Being able to shift your mindset to knowing that you are, to some degree, accepting and choosing to be alone and stay alone because you want something that's worthwhile is much more powerful than succumbing to and letting it get to you that you might be alone forever. I would rather be alone forever in terms of a relationship, then accept someone that is just not meeting me on an intelligence level, on an emotional intelligence level, and on a growth level, and doesn't want the same things as me. I don't want to compromise in my life of a relationship. I want to feel like we're on the same page, or at least only a few pages apart, not chapters, or not on a completely different book. So taking ownership and acknowledging that partially, yes, we do choose to be single and inverted commas alone, Because we're not accepting something that's less than what we want and what we deserve. And then justifying it that way. Thinking of what the trade-off would be if you just bucked that and went, oh, screw this, I don't want to be alone forever. Let's start swiping on people that, meh, they're kind of there. And just think of the friends that you know are in that scenario. And they won't leave. They're not even thinking about it. They're not contemplating. But they moan every time. They wish things were different. But... They're too far invested. Maybe they were together when they were in their teens. They just can't get out of it. They'd rather accept that situation. Being alone forever could be a reality. But I genuinely think the odds of that are really low. If you're in your your 20s or 30s, absolutely so. But even in your 40s, even if the people that are currently with people right now, it's, it's a morbid thing to think. But some people will break up. Some people will divorce. Some people will lose partners to illnesses. Just because they're in a relationship now doesn't mean that everyone will be. And there is a point which they will be alone potentially again or single. It's interesting that it's synonymous with the relationship status because I don't feel alone all the time. I think the biggest point at which I felt alone was during the transition this time last year when I didn't have a job anymore. And yes, I happened to be single at the time. But I don't think that that would have made a difference. I still think I would have felt very upset from not having that sense of belonging, that sense of mourning purpose and routine, that sense of 
going into a workplace and being some part of something bigger than myself. That to me, if you don't engage with that, is more lonely and gave me more fear and distress in my body than it was to be single. Yes, I had bad moments when I was dating. Hard work is out there. There are people out there that are not great at communicating and not great at speaking honestly and openly, but I never felt the perpetual sadness and lack of belonging that I felt when I quit my job. It was nothing to do with being single. It was to do with not having a sense of belonging. And it's shifting what it really means to be alone, to be independent, to be individual. Because there's so much to be had in that state. So much freedom. I can't talk about the difference in the freedom. Not that I don't have some level of freedom now in a relationship. But you're able to just do whatever you want, generally, whenever you want without question from too many people. Different if you live with your parents, different if you're stuck in a house share, different if you can't pay your way in life and and have to rely on others for money for whatever reason. Obviously, there's different caveats. But in general, being single and being free is an opportunity. And the minute you're in a relationship, some of that does go. And the sooner that that relationship goes through significant milestones and you start living together, buying a house together, and maybe then children, all of that freedom is encroached on over time especially when you're in houses even and you've got the commitment to work and you can't just suddenly go like I did oh I'm gonna quit my job and see what happens you can't do that with children you can't let other people down around you being alone forever might seem daunting but there are some strategies you can use in this episode to help you work with how you feel about it to build your self-confidence and self-esteem and to realize what the trade-off would be otherwise if you just started to accept anything Being alone forever is better than being in a relationship that isn't right for you. And making sure you remember that and what you get from being alone is worth holding on to when you find it difficult. An interesting one to kick the new year off with, but it's something that I know people think about because I used to think about it. I used to think, what's going to happen if I literally never interact with someone in a romantic way again? I want a little bit of that. I want to make sure I keep getting to experience that. And it's something that we can't control. And I've been lucky enough to have an opportunity again. And I will hold on to that and stay as present as I can. That doesn't mean that that's going to last forever either. Obviously, I remain optimistic and positive. But things can change so quickly. Even in six months, in a year, life changes drastically sometimes. And you can't quite believe what's happened or where you were a year ago. I think having the New Year's made me reflect on all of those things. Like when I looked to last year and how that went. And now being here a year later at Wonderland House in Brighton, the place for our New Year's Eve getaway. It was something I imagined back in May and and literally six months later now we're here. Gosh, I've got about an hour or so before at least some of the girls start arriving. I know some are getting a bit later, which is nice. But have a little think. Start reflecting on how comfortable you are with being alone. Doesn't have to be forever. And how you want to approach it. If you're okay right now. And to come back to this episode, if you ever start feeling worried about that, because we get different feelings all the time. At times I was living life, I did not care about whoever was there. And then sometimes I felt that pang of like, oh, but what if that means I don't get to experience that? And, you know, Christmas can make us feel like that. Valentine's Day can make us feel like that. It's why we've got a workshop on, because we're going to enjoy Valentine's Day, whether we're in a relationship or not. So it's an online version and an in-person version. 
in-person's actually on Valentine's Day itself. So you do not have to do or engage with anything Valentine's Day. You can be with me, be with other single people, doing a little bit of a mixture of a social workshop event so that you can enjoy being on your own. And then there's an online version the day before to get you prepped for the day ahead. So if you can't make it to Essex, then you can join us online. That is what is coming up. Being alone doesn't say anything about you. If anything, it says something positive that you're not just going to accept anything just for a relationship. Until next time, everybody, keep celebrating single life together.